please leave me a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. Thank you. Um, do you have any questions before we start? Anything you uh, don't want to talk about? Perhaps? Oh my gosh. I'm an open book, quite literally. <laughs> and now I'm like really curious what you're going to ask me. Oh, I don't know. Because um, we, we could avoid stuff like talking about like your dad or if you didn't want me to like talk about you being gay. Dude, you can tell by my voice that I, A, my father committed suicide and B, <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is a leading-edge order of queer nuns. The sisters have devoted themselves to community service, ministry, and outreach to those on the edges and to promoting human rights, respect for diversity, and spiritual enlightenment. That's what it says on their website. I'm slightly paraphrasing. Uh, what kind of badass people would join this um, this troop of roving uh, queer troubadours? Uh, my friend... Uh, he um, is a sister, uh, which makes sense because he um, is loves joy and helping people. He is a sincere man with a beautiful soul, and he, he has had some hard moments in his life, um, from his father's death at an early age to general intolerance, and I just think he's a wonderful man. Um, this episode was fun. Thank you for coming on it. It was difficult for him to make it because first he got locked out of his car, called a locksmith, got in the car, drove over here. Then when he got out of the car, his alarm went off and he got locked out of it again because I guess the problem was bigger than that. And he had to get it towed to a auto place, which means this was a very expensive episode for him to come on for free. So I hope you unlike it. I hope I'm not bullying you into enjoying it by saying what I had to go through to get here. But it was fun talking with him. Here's the theme song. Okay, uh, let's start. Um, so, welcome to your eulogy, the podcast where we talk to someone about their life so that we can talk to them about their death. Today, on the interview, I have my friend and co-worker. He doesn't want to use his name. Also known as Sister... And neither does he want to use his pseudonym, not for any dramatic reasons he just doesn't want to uh you are a sister of perpetual indulgence yes and that is a uh a drag group that collects money for any specific for (laughs) well we so gosh there's so many things i could say about it um we yes we fundraise we promulgate universal joy in people that we meet we expedite stigmatic guilt that is a tongue twister and that's part of our mission statement so try saying that 10 times really fast expedite stigmatic guilt expedite stigmatic guilt that's good um we've been 
existence since 1979, um, worldwide organization. But yeah, I think my status with the sisters right now, I am what's called a novice. So I'm not like, I'm like a sophomore in high school trying to get to the senior level. Yeah. So you're one up from the postulate. Yes. That's cool. Correct. You've uh, been paying attention. A <laughs> little bit. Last <laughs> night I, I, I interviewed someone who was a sister, but we never actually talked about it. Um, back in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a um, ordained. Is that, or is it canonized? It's a saint. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you're part of that troop that um, collects money and for um, different uh, other groups and promulgates. Did you say promulgates joy? Universal joy. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, what do you like? <laughs> that's like a mom statement. That's interesting. Oh, uh, honey, what do you? <laughs> I really like that band you told me. Yeah, of. they're fun. <laughs> um, you showed me a picture um, that you saw when you were a kid of a um, a sister, a um, a gay man in drag as a nun on top of like a mesa or something. What's a mesa? Um, like a desert ge- geographical feature where it's a cliff. Like, it was a cliff. Yeah, overlooking San Francisco. Oh, was, oh, I thought it was in like the middle of the desert. No, no. Um, but you were how old were you? Gosh, I was like I was really young. I think I was six or seven. Wow. And what what did um? And you said it had an impact on you. It had a huge impact on me. It. So the picture itself, if you can close your eyes for a moment and picture this, it's a black and white picture, and it's this gay man dressed as a nun. Um, The wind is going really, really heavily, if that's how wind goes. But like the wind was sweeping through the cliff or whatever, and his veil and like his dress and everything was just billowing in the wind, and it was just so such a beautiful and gorgeous image, and. When I was very young, I realized that I was a homosexual. And although at the time I didn't like know what it could be called, it just had a huge impact because it created an image in my head of a land or like some sort of like landscape where I was accepted and where I could be me and where I could be free. Mm. Uh, was it just because of the the radical um, unapologetic nature of the like gender bending in the picture or was it something specifically about it? I think it was just the gender bending aspect of it. It made me realize that there was life outside of rural Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, like there are people existing out there that could be dressed as a nun overlooking San Francisco whereas I'm, you know, living in a trailer (laughs) in rural Wisconsin. (laughs) That that's that's, man, that's great. I I can't think of any um. Any big, yeah. I, I don't think my memory works that way. I don't remember life in big moments. I think yeah. I think of life in big moments. I think there are definitely like milestones that one achieves, or that one goes through. I should say in life where you will kind of like, um, experience something and it kind of like create it makes you shed a layer oh, of yourself that's a cool image. that kind of makes sense where you 
are then kind of showing your true self and you kind of like become more and more of like sorry i'm like starting to like trail off i feel like um no i'm i'm with you like i i kind of hear like when old people get old we, we make fun of old people because they get so set in their ways but i think it's kind of literally that as you get older you you kind of learn what you actually like and what you dislike and that can be bad because it can get you in certain ruts and whatnot yeah but at the same time you really do get to know you know you get more honed yeah i think that's kind of what um not to say that i'm buddhist but what i understand of buddhism is is that you as you live you kind of are showing your true self Mm. yeah yeah that i i think i think that's a tenant um in vipassana um which is a buddhist meditation form it's it's all about um turning the brain off and just acknowledging and feeling your sensations in 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 your body Mm. and getting um closer to you know the true reality or whatever which i'm not going to say that there is a true reality because i think that you know if there's seven billion people there's seven billion realities Mm, Um, so true but the 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 reality in the front of your brain is never (laughs) the true reality in my opinion But do you have uh, any other big milestone moments? Um, well, yeah. When my father passed away when I was a wee child as well, I think that would, even though at the time I didn't realize the impact that it would have on me growing up, I think that came later. But I think that was definitely a catalyst mm. for sure. Yeah. Um. What do you, yeah? How, how do you? What do you remember feeling about all that? Because um, your dad uh, was a vet, right? Yes, a veteran, he was a, a Vietnam vet, uh, suffered from PTSD um, from his experiences. I can only imagine what that must have been like. Um, and not only that, but being you know shat on when they returned from their service. And then kind of being followed up with medical treatment um, that wasn't of the best quality, one could say. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, there's definitely a different sense of reality, for sure, that I didn't realize at the time. Because, I mean, like you said before, there's 7 billion people in the world, 7 billion different realities. So, like, you are experiencing you, I'm experiencing me, and you don't really realize, like, that's not a normal if normal is even yeah real um be- because of all of that do you were you close with him no not really i feel like probably close in the sense of like a father to a son but the son's so young that he doesn't realize mm-hmm. that cuz like i think i've still kind of blocked out parts of growing up where gosh where like i just don't like realize how much time we spent together yeah if that makes sense 
Yeah, I mean, you you kind of have childhood amnesia anyway. Yeah. Um, so you're not working with a lot. Do you d- has that ever been a problem with you when you try to reconstruct your relationship with your dad and <laughs> just all the psychology behind it? You just kind like, of, I don't know what the fuck happened. Kind of, yeah. Like I think we can tell right now because, <laughs> like, I, uh, you know, as much as I want to say I, you know, remember going uh, to Yellowstone National Park or. I remember going to Wisconsin Dells. We didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't have those experiences drawn. Um, and I think even when he was alive, I think I like kept my distance from him. Because even when you are of a young age, you you just kind of know things. Like instinctual things. And... I think probably instinctually I could sense that he was not mentally balanced. Mm-hmm. So I can like kept my distance from him. Yeah. And then he died, committed suicide. So <laughs> not to make light of it, but like then that happened and it was, that's that. Yeah. Um, what was, uh, we've talked about your mom a little bit. Um, she seems like a tender hearted person. Yeah. Um, what was was there a big before and after for her with that um what do you remember watching watching a parent grieve is something i have no um understanding of and as a little kid watching a parent grieve um yeah i just wonder if there's anything you remember i think i mean i remember of course like the wake and the funeral and her crying. But I think like for her, it was more so, she was more so focused on us, me and her, because I'm an only child as well. And I think she was so focused on like making sure we had a roof over our head and that we had food on the table that like she didn't have time to really go through the grieving process because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I need to figure out where I'm going to live, how we're going to get food. So and I think for her to towards the end of his life um they were separated too and i think she kind of put up her guard or kind of came to peace with it because i feel like they were probably going to get a divorce before um before he died so i think she's already kind of going through the motions of like kind of distancing herself but i mean my goodness they did marry and they were in love um so I think, you know, obviously she was sad. Huh. Yeah. Um well, let's let's jump to the future. Let's jump to the present. Uh just by coincidence in the past year, maybe it, it's been over a year, you saw two different strangers dead. Yeah. Yeah, the f- the first one was you were walking to your car and there was just someone who was probably a, a homeless guy who was just Yeah. I was walking to my car, um, as one would do on a morning day on your way to work. And I, there's a police car and a policeman standing outside. And there were people standing outside of their house. And as I got closer and closer to my car, I could see on a tree, um, there was a person like sitting leaning against the tree just green 
Oh. Like, just like the the color is what I noticed first. It was like a kind of like the color of your shirt, <laughs> but like not not as green as that. It was definitely like you could tell right away like that is a dead body. Yeah, that's that's um, it's spooky the way that we have this instinctual information about stuff that you don't have. Um, like you've never seen a experience. dead body, but like you know like, yeah. what it is. And then just about a month ago or so, your neighbor um, jumped off the roof of the apartment building and landed on top of a Dunn Brothers table. Yeah, landed, um, like, I don't know how he did it, but, like, he either jumped or um, accidentally fell, um, still don't know, off the roof of my apartment building, nine floors, landed on the like tent vestibule awning and onto a table. Oh. So um, a couple years ago I got hit by a car and I remember it was the funniest thing that happened is I'm biking, I get hit all of a sudden I'm on the, I'm on the road looking up at the night sky and it was raining. It was really dramatic. And um, you know, my first thought was like, I'm alive. Mm. And then I, I kind of moved. And then my second thought was like, oh, I can move, you know, like I can tell nothing's broken. And I was like, really so happy to be alive. And it wasn't that feeling lasted about 10 minutes until I realized that an ambulance had been called and I started worrying about like insurance and stuff. And if I was going to have to pay for the ambulance and everything. Oh. So like, that's how long my welcome to of- <laughs> the world in 2018. I don't have health insurance. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, just, Put me in a car really quick. Put me in a car. Yeah, just like crawling <laughs> away from car wrecks, trying to avoid getting picked up by the ambulance. <laughs> Leave me alone. Sort of GoFundMe page about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like on your phone in a pool of blood. Um, but so my moment of perspective lasted about 10 minutes. Um, it was a beautiful 10 minutes when I was just like being alive is wonderful. Oh, Nirvana. And when you, um, yeah, how long did it last for you to reset to your normal life after you just saw these, um, these images of, of death? I, I'm still going through that process. I, (laughs) I feel like I haven't. I can't um, say that I have gone through that reset process yet. Like, it was just seeing something, uh, I I would say, after the first incident that I saw the dead body, it, like, really kind of made death more real to me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because when my father passed away, my mom and him were separated, and we were living elsewhere, obviously. So, like... I didn't see his body. I didn't see any of that. So maybe it like didn't make it like real. Oh, real? really? And yeah, like it didn't make it real to me. But you know, I still grew up not having a father, knowing that he died in kind of a violent way. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You didn't get to see the body because with yeah. my experience with death, like seeing the body and like being able to touch the body makes um, it real. Yeah, it's really. Um, yeah, so that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and he was um, cremated, too. Like, I don't think I would, I mean, he shot himself in the head. I don't think I would want to see the, yeah. you know, the open casket for that. But, um, yeah, he was cremated. 
Um, so I never got to see the body. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that like really made it very real to me. Let's talk uh, nature versus nurture. Okay. My favorite. <laughs> and, and by that I mean is um, you are, I would describe you as anxious. Do you think that's right? <laughs> sure. White knuckled. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can see you like kind of carrying. Um, Some would call it being high strung. Yeah, it's kind of the pejorative form. <laughs> um, but you're you're incredibly empathetic at the same time. It's it's a very strange thing. Like sometimes when I talk behind your back, um, <laughs> you bitch. I'll say like like you would, you know, you'd like climb up a mountain to retrieve, you know, a if if somebody left like their wallet, yeah. If if but then you know, like a moment later, um, if the mood like switched, you would, you know you know, flick them off and <laughs> tell them to stop being so materialistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's not the best analogy. I, I feel that there is a, uh, you have a duality in yourself of carrying a whole bunch and then that that weight gets to a certain point where you're just like, I can't fucking do this. And then it kind of like turns off and you retreat a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that like kind of made mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Um, and when I said nature versus nurture, I was um, I wanted to talk about what do you think is your natural chemistry, um, and what what do you think came? <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I the, no, this is like a therapy session. All of a sudden, <laughs> I just live for this right now. <laughs> so my chemistry, like I. Uh, like my traits or yeah what would have what is just like your brain and what is growing up in um rural wisconsin gay with a dad who killed himself when you were a child i um god i don't know if i understand the question (laughs) I'm, i'm trying to parse out what do you think is just a natural mental um tick or whatever for like you know being like an intense passionate person and what do you what if anything do you think has to do with your childhood okay okay i get it um i think give me a couple moments i need to process that this is kind of a packed question that i think is kind of like what is the meaning of life you know (laughs) and it's kind of deep yeah, and and you know, admittedly, all of this is conjecture and like armchair psychology. Yeah, um, neither of us are experts. You know, although I've been going to school for like the past ten years for it. <laughs> um, uh, but you can't be your own doctor. That's, true. That's the uh, the sad thing. Yeah, you can't. Um, I think. Well, my life experience, I think, has made me today kind of really put into perspective. One of my like favorite sayings of all time is that we are just floating on a rock in space. And I think that like really kind of puts into perspective how each one of us has a life experience that is different from each other, yet we can still come together and get over what, you know, nonsensical things seem to put, you know, roadblocks in our life mm. that we can get over it's not that big of a deal you know like buckle up buttercup <laughs> <laughs> let me try another joke out on you 
because then I'll insert it at the beginning of the other episode. Okay. Okay. Um, Should I look away? <laughs> no. Okay. So um, they say like when someone dies, like when an elderly person dies, like a library burns. Oh my gosh. Which, you know, because all the lost knowledge, which, which kind of makes, you That's know. so sad. Yeah. But, but the, the positive thing is like, it makes whenever a child dies seem less sad because who gives a shit about those little libraries <laughs> a little library burning burn it <laughs> okay let me, i mean that's not that bad of a joke but then you got all distracted by playing with your microphone i know i thought it was caught on something but it's not okay how about you tell me the joke i just told you and maybe we'll use that <laughs> i don't remember what i just told you Okay, well, no, the the joke is when an el- elderly person dies, oh, a library but, burns, which makes child death less tragic because who gives a shit if a little library gets set on fire? That's really, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good. We got 36 minutes. Edit it down to 30. And um, remember, put my voice through a beauty filter. A beauty filter. <laughs> <laughs> Only from the left side. You have a good voice, though. Thank you, I um, I just found on Facebook, so there was this kid, um, this kid in grade school who had the gay voice, mm. right? As a, is there no like polite, like w- way to say it? Better way, because it's not a gay voice. It's, it's not. It's a voice from like men who grew up around a lot of women. Yeah. Right? It's a very effeminate tone. Um. But he, he he had that voice, and I remembered one day, I mean, I was kind of friends with him. Um, nice him, he was a fine kid. And then one day I was just like this massively evil person. I was like yelling at him, and I was like, stop talking that way. You know, it's like, why are you doing that? You know, I just, I don't know. It was just, a, I, and I always remembered it. And I realized I could, I could like find him and like apologize for mm-hmm. it, you know, because Oh, like later on? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that's really the, cool. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, if, if if you bully someone, you're an asshole to someone, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. But it's kind of almost worse if you're a nice person it and turns. then you say this awful thing that the bad people say. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I was like, well, this might take a while, so I might as well get on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two minutes, mm-hmm. maybe even less. I went on Google, I typed his name and, found him. and, and our city Wow! <laughs> instantly. And I was just like, holy jeez, Louise. <laughs> yeah. But it's good that you were able to find him and put like a period on that, right? Yeah. I mean, it really felt 100% self-serving. Mm. I mean, part of me hopes, because it's too late. If, if he was hurt by me, um, it would have been helpful, but yeah. I'm sure he's like, you know gotten over it and you know became a stronger person hopefully because of my hatred yeah <laughs> um but but yeah that is to say um your voice is beautiful thank you <laughs> and it needs no beauty filter thank you um yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's take a break Andy had to leave so he couldn't do his eulogy, and then he was going to email it to me, but then a bunch of stuff happened, and he got busy, so like like a month later, I just had him call me. Okay, take two. Sound good? I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> yes. 
like, oh my god, is my phone screen still fucked up? Maybe I just don't know how to work phones. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am already recording. I have an auto recorder thingy. Um, oh, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Quick, let's I, I don't think you've uh, I don't think you've incriminated yourself yet. Okay, good. Yes, there's still time. Well, yeah, y- your phone uh, broke yesterday, um, and we were trying yeah. to have an interview then. And before then, your car was broken. Um, anything else in your life that happened to break? Oh, my heart is broken. <laughs> no, um, no, I think. <laughs> Nothing's new. Um, it's funny that you mentioned my car. That was like a one-week odyssey. Um, but yeah, I just have been trying on outfits tonight um, and having myself like a little dance party soiree. Um, I'm doing this like leather event with the the sisterhood. And, um, so I've been picking on my outfit for that and just been, like, in a different world. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, do, do you have any, um, feelings or closing feelings about, um, our interview? God, was it a month ago? <laughs> that I love to procrastinate. Um, <laughs> um no, I think <laughs> um, what really kind of like wrapped my what I couldn't wrap my head around was the eulogy because I did start to write it. I really, really did. And like when I started writing it, it made me like for the first time in a long time think of what uh, like what death would look like for me. And that's something that I've never, um, honestly never thought about until that moment. And it just really, like, it was a trip. It was a mind fuck, I'll tell you. You know, um, so whether or not you feel that you're living up to your own expectations, your death is really, like, I think, a period to your corporeal existence and then it's your memory it's your what kind of impact what are people what did people take away from their experience with you and things like that yeah do you feel like you've been like keeping up um so long that like just like putting one foot in front of the other that it just kind of like caught up with you all in that moment like you've just kind of been surviving you know paying bills you know yeah living off other people's drama before you addressed your own yeah it really did um and i think around that time too is when um yeah is when i just like finally realized that Keeping yeah, up with the Benjamin, so to speak, is not like. And it's hard to talk about without being able to, like, you know, divulge all the details of the people in your life. Um, but I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you know, it, it was helpful to go through that kind of uncomfortable yeah. process. And you know what? It was. It had to happen sooner <laughs> later, and rather <laughs> it be sooner. 
great man um well i'm gonna let you off the hook on writing one um but if you ever do write one maybe we'll do, we'll do a special you, episode later <laughs> but um you're you're an you're an inspiration do i still get a gold star do i still get a gold star <laughs> yeah yeah why not i actually do remember those gold stars like we're of the age where we actually yeah. got gold stars in grade school i remember um one year for um christmas my like daycare or was it at home i remember but like for the month of december they had santa's head like a picture of santa's head up like as a calendar and for each day in december you would glue a cotton ball. So at the end of December. Oh yeah. Beard. Yeah, did that was great. I did do that. Man. Uh, thank you for that memory. That was yeah, right? that brings me back. <laughs> yeah. Remember Duck Duck Great Duck or Duck Duck Goose, depending on where you were born. Never forget. Yeah, yeah, that was I mean that game is sweet. I mean that game is just a metaphor for for life <laughs> you know it's right. like your Amen. success and failure is completely uh, dependent on how fast the other person is yeah and somebody <laughs> will tap you on the shoulder and cause you to wake up it will <laughs> or goose or goose <laughs> <laughs> okay um well yeah well this is it um thanks for answering I I think do I see you tomorrow are you working tomorrow uh, you see me Sunday. Okay, we'll see you on Sunday. Um, all the listeners won't ever see you. Um, the Lord. But they may. If, 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 if you pass someone on the street corner and they have a particular sparkle in their eye and essence about them abundant, it, it just may be... <laughs> or the part that I just left in the room. <laughs> oh yes uh the end of the episode uh, this has been your eulogy this episode episode was produced and edited and the music was done by me matthew schneeman if you have any questions uh please email your eulogy at mail <laughs> no it's your eulogy mail at gmail.com um, and if you listen on iTunes or something like that, uh, please leave a rating and a review. That would be very helpful. And that's it. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.